have two cars, which is pretty awesome, but two cars for mom is really code for two backup cars for Stuart. So, <laughs> so, so I have two cars. Stuart has three, but really Stuart has five. <laughs> Brings him off the corner. We go green flag racing. Kelly going to pull the slide job on him up a turn number four. The slide job on Race Pro Radio. Brought to you by DMC Racing Products. Race to win. Happy Memorial Day, everyone. And welcome to the slide job here on Race Pro Radio. I'm Bobby Chalmers, and I have to take a moment to say thank you to every single person who has ever put their life in harm's way to fight for our freedom. We all owe you a big debt of gratitude. The land of the free, because of the brave. I also want to give a mention to all first responders and frontline personnel who are currently risking their lives to help those in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. We owe you a big thank you as well. Now, in this week's episode, we talk with a woman who's trying to have it all. A racing career, successful businesses, and an amazing family. Not only is she trying to, she's succeeding. When I talked with her, she was sitting at a truck stop, taking care of her son as her and her husband's racing teams were headed south to be part of the Short Track Super Series Return to Racing. She may love this sport, but not as much as her little boy and support her family. But before we start the show, we have to give a shout out to Powderwood, the commercial and industrial powder coating company based in Marathon, New York. Powderwood achieves outstanding finishes designed to outlast the products they're on. No matter what you need coated, the folks at Powderworth strive to meet and beat the standards set by industry leaders. Give them a call today at 607-760-8405 and check out the Powderworth difference. Now, hold on tight as we talk with one of the toughest women I know, formerly known as Jay-Z, but now goes by the name Jessica Friesen. Jess, thanks for being on the show. Now, we're recording this while you guys are traveling to the short track super series races down in the Carolinas, so we don't know anything about how you guys did. But before we begin, how's life been having both Parker and your husband stuck with you at home? <laughs> um, it's a lot. It's a very lot. Um, trying to keep them both busy uh, is pretty difficult to do. <laughs> Obviously, if you guys are traveling, you're all safe and everything's been going on. But what kind of precautions have with the with the virus and whatnot? What kind of precautions have you guys had to take for this trip down to to North Carolina? Um, it's just uh, you know it's a little bit different having to prepare to bring naps and you know just uh, it's it's going to be different with no fans and uh, um I mean it's it's mostly just you know but having to make sure everybody has a mask is kind of something that you really don't normally want to think about or have to think about so you know i got getting the guys like oh we need a mask and uh, how many guys can we have per team and per car and i think they opened that up a little bit now and um for the first two races um in north carolina so we can have a couple extra people than we saw originally but you know with parker counting as a crew member and then having someone to watch parker it's just like you know just different circumstances that we're not used to for sure now the first time that i really got to know you was way back in the 90s late 90s you were running a sportsman car at fonda but i don't know a lot about beforehand because i know you started in go-karting talk to me about the the early years of you racing in the karting world 
Um, I think I was uh, just about eight when I started in go-karts, um, Dodge City and Cobra Creek. And I didn't travel a whole lot with go-karts because my dad was always racing Honda uh, and Can-Am. And, um, so it was, it was mostly just um, Cobra Creek and Cobra Skill, uh, Dodge City, that I had run in karts. And I did that until I was um, 14 and then started as a sportsman when I was 14. In the early 2000s, um, you were running the sportsman car like we were talking about. And then in 04, you went and ran Utica Rome and you got hooked up with Jamie Christian and as a chassis builder. And it ended up, you ended up winning the, the sportsman championship that year. That was quite an accomplishment. Like you said, I mean, being so young, I mean, talk about the, the fact you were able to pull off the championship that year. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It, it took me a little bit to get rolling a couple years to get things kind of figured out and, uh, had uh, Walton Sumnato and Mike Walton and uh, Jamie Christian Chassis and we had JPM engines. We had really good equipment and um, just uh, we finally got things prepared and I finally figured out what I was doing and we started winning some races and then we got the track championship at Youth Rome and all four. Um, so that was pretty cool. Now looking back, it's it you know when it was happening, you didn't realize like how cool it was and now like. But I've kind of been out of racing a little bit the last couple of years. It's like, you know, you look back on those days and, you know, winning races and being competitive wherever you go, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. So um, that's kind of where it all went downhill, I think, because then I started to get addicted <laughs> and I didn't want to give it up. <laughs> so winning races and being competitive and, yeah. Over the next couple of years, you actually started running some sprint car races. You ran some 360s and, and, and whatnot, and you got hooked up with – a big time sponsor at the time native poker if i remember correctly there in like 06 there was a, a racing series called the national sprint league that actually was a 410 series that made a trip to fonda and you had a pretty good run there running again running against you know world of outlaws champions like daniel lasoski jason myers and and steve kenzer i think you you got a fifth or something there was that a career making type night for you um, I would say so, for sure. Um, Tom Patterson and Doug Emery gave me the opportunity to start, you know, just to try out sprint cars. And, uh, you know, I got hooked and then got hooked up with Native Poker and uh, kind of the ball kind of rolled from there. And then, um, yeah, that was uh, you know, definitely a, a pretty awesome night. I think we might have won the dash or won a heat race, too, that night. And then uh, to run top five of those guys, uh, it's pretty awesome, especially, at, you know, tracks that I've grown up at my whole life, so. That was a, definitely a, a, yeah, a marker. I'll never forget that race, for sure. i say, what was the biggest difference between running the 360 and then the 410s running them there? Um, obviously the speed. Um, everything happens a lot faster with the 410. Uh, and then the caliber of people, drivers that you're racing against. And, you know, the, you know obviously the, the, the more experienced you know, races that you're running with, the more you learn. Um, it was, I probably had no business running with them, to be honest with you. I think I, I might have passed me on stuff in heat race or something, and I obviously had a, a lot of laughs not fun, but just running against that caliber of, of drivers with the experience that they had and um, the speed of, you know, going from the 360 to the 410 was, um, was definitely a big difference. Later that year, the people in Native Poker put together a big block modified for you to run at Super Dirt Week and on the Syracuse Mile. You qualified for the event and became the first female ever to do so, but you only made it about 25 or 30 laps before the engine decided to let go. 
What do you remember about that week there at Syracuse? I had been to Syracuse as a sportsman a couple times, but I had oh, Parker just jumped his goldfish. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'd never run a big walk at all. I'd run a couple small walk races, I believe, but mostly the sportsman and then at the sportsman at the mile. But I remember it being a last minute throw together, not organized. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of a, a disaster, so it was pretty cool to, to qualify and to make the show, but I remember it just being uh, a lot of chaos, and um, yeah, when uh, it, the engine exploded and caught on fire like within 20 laps of the race, that was pretty disappointing, um, but it was it was an experience for sure. It was definitely not the way to go racing, and we weren't prepared, and um, definitely not the way I wanted to go racing, but it was, you know, an opportunity that I needed to take advantage of, and I got you know, the native poker guys and Tony laughing, um, you know, to, to kind of get my feet wet and get me in, in rolling, you know, to start with the 410 stuff and then to start with the big block stuff. That's kind of where it began. You've run all kinds of different cars. Your resume's pretty well packed. Um, and it's, I think it's something that uh, I think a lot of drivers all across the country give the right teeth for. I mean, you're a winner in 358 modifies, 360s. You've run big blocks, 410s. You've even run a super modified at Oswego. Is it safe to say you'll drive anything if given the opportunity? Uh, before I was a mom, yes. <laughs> but now it's a, it's a little different now. Um, obviously, and, and being a little bit older and a little bit more mature and making the right decisions and making sure that it's, you know, you're prepared and it's a, it's a, a safe uh, situation. Um, you know, my mindset's a, a little bit different as a mom, but... Um, definitely love to get behind the wheel and uh, be competitive what do you think you had the most fun in uh definitely the sprint cars but um just not being able to do it full-time and not being able to do it right doesn't make sense at all safety-wise uh, for either Stuart or myself um you know that's not something you just jump into willy-nilly here and there um that's something that you know, you want to know that the cars are repaired and you want to be able to do it yourself and put the right amount of time into it and uh, have, you know, enough experience and, and be able to run them enough to be competitive mm -hmm. or not do it at all. Because even the guys, obviously, that do it full-time and do it all the time and are prepared, you never know if they're just uh, not exactly the safest cars, but sure are a lot of fun. Talk to me about the Super Modified. I mean, you qualified for their the Oswego's biggest event, the Budweiser Classic. You qualified 11th. What was it like being behind the wheel of one of those things? That was uh, that was pretty different. That, those were pretty awesome. It was kind of like an oversized go-kart uh, with a lot of horsepower. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, just, it was just, you know, if the car is off, there's not a whole lot you can do in those things to, to make up the difference or adjustments inside the car, um, you know, as the track kind of changes a little bit. Um, so it's pretty much you're either on or you're off of those things. Um, and when you're off with that much horsepower, that's just pretty excited being at the truck stop, all this caveman around here, riding his bike and riding his scooter. But, but it's been raining all morning down here. Um, yeah, so the Super was, was pretty awesome. Uh, just the, the horsepower um, and, you know, when it is hooked up, they're really awesome. I didn't get a ton of experience in the Super, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, my main supporter, Full Pack Merchandising, uh, Donna Wendy Brush, are a huge Super Modified fan, so they kind of, you know, got me in the door there and uh, got me hooked up with Ray Graham and uh, got, uh, got, got some laps in a couple of races, but 
Um, then I think maybe a couple of heat race wins, but that was about it in the, in the few starts that we had that. But that's, again, one of those things that if you can't do it all the time and you can't do it right, uh, not really worth doing it at all type of thing. Um, they take a lot of work. Now, you were... Uh... I'm getting orders. <laughs> I'd say you're probably best known, like you were talking about, you had most fun in the sprint cars. I'd say your your sprint car career is probably what you're best known for. Um, you even took home the Canadian Sprint Car uh, Nationals win in 2014 up at a Now, I've never driven a sprint car before. Um, what's the best way you could describe driving even a, even a 360 or a 410? Uh, complete chaos most of the time. I mean, everything just happens so fast. Um, and I mean, the, the the longer you hold hold it wide open, usually the better. And it's just uh, kind of always on the edge. Um, and you really need to be aware of your surroundings and kind of who you're racing against. And um, it's just uh, it's exciting. The sprint cars are a lot of fun, and that that race was pretty awesome. We uh, didn't qualify great, got a 14th and came from the back, and I think there was like 75 or 76 cars, and there was like some of the best 360 drivers um, in the country that were at that event. So that was pretty cool. Parker, no. Parker has a box on his head right now, and he is being a monster. <laughs> <laughs> In recent years, you, as you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, um, you've stepped back a little bit from the driver's seat. You took some time off to get married. You started your T-shirt company, One ZTs. You you gave birth to the the monster, or the one of the most I would say <laughs> yeah. one of the more energetic youngsters I've ever seen grace victory lane. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems like you're really getting everything you want now in life. Now that you've kind of stepped away from racing. You know, full, as much as yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, still get to be a big part of racing, obviously with Stuart and traveling, and then you know, once in a while I get to run myself. Um, but then you know, with the business aspect of things, like uh, you know, the t-shirt business, the boys went to go pick up lunch, so I can't, I can't unleash them yet from the motorhome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's been it's been amazing. It's been awesome. We you know we have a couple of good businesses. Um, you know we have awesome supporters with Helmar and Fullback, and uh, you know Parker's doing great. Um, everything that we've gone through, you know, from the beginning with a, a lot of the developmental issues and um, all of this therapy, it really paid off and it kept us really really busy. And obviously that was you know the main priority is you know. We knew that we wanted to start a family, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to race that much. So we started the, the T-shirt business and started doing screen printing stuff, and I knew nothing about it, and I really had no idea what I was getting into. Um, <laughs> it's been a huge learning curve, um, but it's been great. We've been really successful at it. It kept me crazy busy. Um, and then, you know, having that patrol back on, and then uh, to be able to kind of make my own hours and my own schedule as far as, you know, being with Parker for his therapies and um, his school and, uh, you know, making, obviously he's the main priority, um, that trumps everything. So, um, he's doing great. He's doing amazing. He's had some, um, great therapists and, you know, when he was a year and a half, they told us that he may never talk and now he is constantly following yeah, us around <laughs> telling us what to do. So I will never complain about that for sure because <laughs> I'm thinking that, you know, he might not ever even say mom or dad too. <laughs> um, how great he's doing now. Um, it's really awesome. Yeah. 
and to be able to travel as a family and, and see this and live this lifestyle, it's pretty awesome. Everything's really good. Now, with Stuart being one of the top drivers, you know, now in the in the NASCAR truck series, um, when you go to the races with him, how different is the life with him and Parker and whatnot compared to what you see at places like Fonda and Utica, Rome, and any other place that's local that you would race at? We definitely don't fit in, that's for sure. Um, we, uh, you know, grassroots races, and we do it because we love it, and we're, you know, competitive, and we do it as a family, and um, we, uh, you know, when first first started, you know, kind of running the truck full-time, he's, oh, well, you know, I, all my shoes are dirty, and all my pants are greasy, and, oh, you know, all these people, you know, they all dress nice, and I was like, that's because they don't have to work for a living, and, you know, it's just a different, um, it's just a, a different, uh, yeah, definitely a different atmosphere, as far as, you know, not, I'm not saying, like, I just mean, you know, being clean, and looking nice, and being at the pavement track, and being at the NASCAR tracks, and, you know, it's a, it's a different atmosphere of people. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, the, the local spectrum are racing a lot more people, you know, they're down to earth, and a lot friendlier, and it's more like a big family, and uh, the pavement racing has been, you know, we've been doing it for a couple of years, and we haven't really, um, other than our own team, and the Helmer guys, and, and they're great, and our families are great, we just kind of you know, it's kind of keeps for ourselves. Um, they're not, there's not a lot of super outgoing people. The atmosphere is just a little bit different. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess I, I feel as though we don't really fit in that well, but uh, it's just different. We just kind of do our own thing, you know, when we rent a motorhome to go to the truck races when we take Parker in Charlotte, um, you know, we're sitting outside having a beer and grilling and you don't ever see anybody else outside. It's like, well, what are these people doing? Why would they want to be cooped up and sitting inside these motorhomes and not being social? And, you know, we're just used to, you know, going to the dirt track and camping and, and hanging out with friends and having a great time. And it, it's just a different different mindset, different atmosphere. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that they take it a lot more seriously. I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we take the, the truck racing and the NASCAR racing stuff just as serious and, you know, just right. as competitive and can want to be just as prepared. Um, I guess we just like to have fun at it at the same time, too. Um, so it's just it's a little bit different. Back last year when, when Stewart got the, his first win at, at the Eldora track, I mean, you guys talked about the fact that you took the camper and you, you did everything out there. And then, like I was trying to say, Parker got to be in victory lane, and I think he made a lot of fans across the country with his victory lane dance. I mean, that had to be one hell of a week for you, too. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Parker's a very colorful little boy, and he's got a lot of energy, and he loves attention, and uh, it's awesome to be able to do it with him. Um, And, you know, that was funny. That night we had gone – just, uh, I think it was the April, the spring, in the spring, we had gone on a Disney cruise, and uh, it was a last-minute thing, and he loved Donald Duck, so we went to get a picture with Donald Duck, and Donald Duck turned around and shook his tail feather at him, and Parker had never, ever done that again <laughs> after the Disney go, after he had seen it, and he talked about it, but he'd never actually done the dance, and then all of a sudden, he gets up on the back of the truck, and it was just like, Right, where did this come from? He's, he's shaking his tail feather and, <laughs> and doing his Donald Duck dance and just pulls it out of nowhere. Like, he just 
never really know what he's going to come out with. <laughs> <laughs> How challenging is life right now, especially, you know, being on the road? I mean, you're like you said, you're trying to keep track of where you and Stuart are both going to be racing, keeping up with Parker's school schedule, keeping everything on track with your businesses. And then, I mean, even that, maintaining things around the house. I mean, you guys just don't seem to stop. Yeah, it's um, it, it's been nice to have. I mean, obviously not with the circumstances of what's going on right now in, in the world, but um, to have a little bit of a, I, I, I mean, I've called it kind of a downtime, uh, you know, to, to be home and to not be traveling quite as much. Um, we were pretty excited. It was, it's nice to have the downtime, but we we're obviously excited to get things back up and get rolling and even if it means we have to drive to North Carolina and Louisiana <laughs> and pack up and um, unfortunately I may have to fly home with Parker for a couple of days to, to go back to the shop and, and get some work done but um, it is a lot uh, with you know with Parker's therapy and traveling and where we're going to go next and the logistics of who's going and where everyone's going to stay and um, feeding everyone and and the business stuff, and uh, luckily we have, you know, a lot of good people around us in, the, in a good base of supporters, so that, that helps a ton. Um, I feel like it is a little bit crazy, and it's a lot of chaos, but we wouldn't want it any other way. I don't think we would know what to do with ourselves if it wasn't like this constantly. <laughs> Since you guys launched this, the shirt company back in 2015, and, and now, you know, like you're talking about with all of Parker's issues with, you know, like being on the autism spectrum, I, I really have to commend both you and Stuart for all you've been doing to, to try and raise money for, for autism awareness and research. Um, it just seems amazing how you guys, I mean, especially for Crossroads, it just seems how amazing how you guys have been able to use your success to give back. Yeah, it's been it's been great to kind of use that you know the platform of you know the, the network of people that we know and and racing people that we've met and kind of you know everybody who's helping out a little bit here and there where they can and I think it ended up uh, we raised over eighty five thousand dollars last year, which wow. is pretty awesome, and I'm hoping that you know we can we can kind of keep that ball rolling and keep going with it. And um, right now we just launched um, King Clothing. It's just a small clothing line of of t-shirts and masks and the masks are made out of a four-way stretch UV material so they're really kind of like a fishing mask like a bandana Mm -hmm. Um, but they'll protect against wind and sun and dust and germs so we're kind of you know keeping that marketing so hopefully you know we'll be able to after all this is over still be able to market them for you know the sun and the wind and the dust that racing and we are donating um ten dollars of every t-shirt sold to uh no kid hungry um, the foundation, um, pretty awesome organization. So we're, uh, for the whole month of, actually, it'll be going through June 5th. So, so it was a, a 30-day fundraiser that we've been doing. So we've raised over $1,000 in the last couple of weeks, so that's been pretty awesome. And uh, we plan to continue, you know, throughout the summer. Obviously, it's a little bit harder, you know, without fans at the track and without, you know, racing local. Um, but we have some projects in the works that hopefully we can still follow through with, um, this season to, to raise some more money. So, um, it's pretty awesome to give back, especially, you know, the success that we've had with Parker, you know, being diagnosed early and, uh, the early awareness and, you know, the early therapy and, uh, it's, it's hard to get that and, you know, the, the turn that he's made, um, 
you know, just really want to kind of get the word out there. And, you know, I have some friends and people that I know that, you know, their, their kids have been just maybe a little bit developmentally behind and, you know, didn't want their, their kids to be labeled with anything, which nobody does. But that's not really the importance. The importance is, you know, getting them the therapy and getting them the help they need to, to get them caught up and to get them back on track. And that uh, is one of the, you know, the, the one of the, the kids who's made the most progress that Crossroads Center for Children has, has ever seen because he started so early. Mm-hmm. Um, when he started there, he, he wasn't saying mom or dad. He wasn't saying hi. He was not verbal at all. He was smashing his head on the floor because he'd get so frustrated because he couldn't communicate. Um, he wasn't making eye contact. And it just, just the therapy and, you know, the awareness of, of realizing what was going on and putting one foot in front of the other of, you know, what do we do to to help him and to help give him a better life and to help, you know, get him developing early, you know, before he's, you know, three, four years old and then trying to figure out, oh, shoot, you know, we should have started this earlier. So it's being able to, to kind of get the word out there and should, should try to help others. Like there's been quite a few people that have reached out as far as, you know, what we've done for therapy and what direction to go because it really is scary when you, you know, you go to a, a developmental pediatrician or a, a neurologist and, you know, your child gets diagnosed with autism, well, I, I knew nothing about autism. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. And just start researching and, and calling and getting on waiting lists for therapy and filling out forms and, you know, just feeling totally helpless. You know, what do you do? How do you start? So um, to be able to help out um, wherever we can and to raise some extra money for, you know, some... Um, tools for the fool and from, you know, therapist salaries. Um, it's been it's been cool to, to, to use our platform in a, in a positive way. I don't even know how to follow up after that. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, as a driver, you came back running a modified at, at Fonda, and, and you ran a couple other tracks. You ran Super Dirt Week and whatnot. What's it been like getting back in the seat after your time off, though? Um, It's been awesome. It's kind of a... It's it's almost like a a vacation type of thing. It's just like a it's like a it's like a mind reset. Like it's being able to do. It's pretty amazing to have the opportunity after everything and after all these years of like you know getting life together and businesses and having Parker and focusing on Parker and and then to be able to go back and have the opportunity to do something that I love doing. Obviously, I'm a little rusty and I'm not where I was um, and. Now that, you know, things are on track and we have our business and uh, we have partner and, and we're getting things more organized, I, it's nice to be able to take a little time here and there and, and get to go out and have some fun. Um, obviously, I, I still am very competitive and I take it very seriously. And it's going to be interesting because Stuart and I have really never um, been on the road racing together. Uh, normally, like the last couple of years when I've gotten to get in the big block at Fonda, he's been there uh, with his own separate team, but it's only 10 minutes from home. So we have a, a really good support system and we have a lot of help and we're not going to be turning the car around for the next day. So it's going to be a little interesting <laughs> being on the road traveling. Um, I've obviously spent years on the road traveling with a sprint car and, you know, running night after night and having to turn the car around and work in the car and drive hours in between. But I've never had a family to support and take care of at the same time. So, um, you know, we got Charlotte, the dog, we got Parker, we got the crew, and, you know, feeding everybody and then turning the cars around. And then Stuart and I also being so competitive, um, 
we're probably going to butt heads a little bit on the ship, but it's going to be fun. It's going to it's going to be going to be <laughs> awesome. Um, I tend to get a little too competitive and frustrated when things don't go well. And Stuart and I are totally different drivers, and obviously he has a lot more experience on the modified. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he, you know, we talk about adjustments in the car, things that I want to change, they might be different than his thought process. So. It's just, uh, it'll be different, you know, being teammates and traveling and being on the road. Now, obviously, you're on your way to do some racing like you were just talking about, but what do you have, when we finally get going this year, you know, up here in the Northeast, what do you have planned? Um, well, I actually have two complete cars together, which is the first. So I have two complete signal cars, a small block and a big box. Um, the plan was... Um, Malta on Fridays, some of the time, and Fonda on Saturdays as much as we could, and then possibly traveling to some short track super series races. Um, just it, it's kind of week to week and race to race. Obviously, partner comes first, and then the business, and then racing for me, where you know Stuart does it as a living, and, and it's a priority for him. And it's just whenever we can go, we have the extra help for me to travel and um, myself to be able to race. and I'm going to take advantage of it. But I have two cars, which is pretty awesome. But two cars for mom is really code for two backup cars for Stuart. So, <laughs> so, so I have two cars. Stuart has three. But really, Stuart has five. <laughs> One of the things that I've always done with these shows is um, I do a word association at the end. You know, I, I'll say a person's name or or, or a phrase, and, and I, I always want the person to kind of give me the the first thing that comes to their mind um when, when oh why does everybody say that every time oh, I, I, I just, i'm not trying to be a shock jock or anything i'm just i'm being serious um <laughs> let's okay when i talk about your father when i talk about ray zemkin what's the oh, first thing <laughs> are you allowed to say anything about him <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm pretty sure anybody that knows him everybody has the same exact uh first thing that comes to mind when they hear his name. <laughs> well, he has definitely not slowed down at all, and uh, he's a complete wild, wild animal, yes. <laughs> he's out of control. He's a lot of fun most of the time. Sometimes he's a little bit uh, too much fun and too over the top, but um, yeah, anybody who knows him and has met him is going to have that same response, I think. <laughs> Um, obviously you just talked about the fact that there's times that your, your driving style is a little bit different than Stewart's and I'm sure you butt heads with them a lot of times too. What's your, what would you say is the one word to describe your husband? Um, I would say determined, very determined. And it doesn't matter what it is. Obviously mostly racing and race cars, um, is, you know, our, our main lifestyle. But no matter what it is, what he's doing, whether it's, uh, you know, putting stripes on the lawn or um, <laughs> uh, playing iRacing or go park behind the shop or what it is, very determined to, to figure it out and to get it right. I was, I was going to kind of – that was kind of my next thing. Um, it's not really a person. Describe Fire Pit Speedway. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's something that we, uh, you know, we kind of started last summer in our, a little bit of our downtime and 
started putting in the track behind the shop whenever we had some free time. And it was really supposed to be for Parker. Um, it hasn't ended like that, has it? Shop, but it's turned into, you know, we get 13 carts and all the crew, everybody has one, and it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but, and it's, it's also, you know, we go out and run 20, 30 laps, and it's, you know, so it's like, oh, it's keeping me in shape, but I I end up getting bruised from head to toe, and every bumper on my cart is dead and broke. <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you just talked about it. No matter what, Stuart, this is Stuart's living. Racing is Stuart's living. It's the way he makes money. But you're a mom. When I talk about Parker, what do you, what's the first thing that comes to your head? Um, I just say that I'm, uh, I'm very proud to be his mom. Um, very proud that he's come so far and how great he's doing and um, how he's kind of adjusted to our lifestyle and fit in so well and. <laughs> You know, just, he's been an awesome addition, for sure. Like, just couldn't imagine my life without him, for sure. All Even right, though he's driving me crazy right now because he wants to go outside. It's raining, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll get your raincoat on. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mom, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good time this weekend and and... Maybe, hopefully, you get an opportunity to race a little bit more on this trip. Yes, I hope so. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I just love Jess's perspective. Family first, then everything else. She may be proud of her accomplishments from behind the wheel, but is most importantly proud of being Parker's mom. That's awesome. I want to thank Jess for being on the show this week. And if you want to listen to this again or anything from Race Pro Radio, you can do so on Spotify, the iTunes Store, or even our website. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Memorial Day. Please stay safe and come back next time. But until then, this has been the Slide Job here on Race Pro Radio. Mm-hmm.